Welcome to The Chosen Business Owner, where Michelle Real will be interviewing entrepreneurs, franchisers, and more to learn how to build the perfect business. Michelle is an entrepreneur who has over 25 years of business experience. She is excited to build a community with other driven entrepreneurs and business owners. Michelle's hope is that this podcast will inspire you to continue pressing forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner. Well, hi, and welcome to the Chosen Business Owners Podcast. I am Michelle Real, your host, and I have the pleasure today of speaking with Nolan Gore. He is the owner of Top Choice Lawn Care in Austin, Texas. And so I'm super excited to have you here today, Nolan. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here and have a discussion. Absolutely. So I wanted to just um, maybe start out with you telling me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, you know, it looks like you went to school for finance. So kind of how you went from the finance world to um, lawn care and just kind of, you know, looking forward to hearing your story. Yeah. So I'm actually going to go and start before that. I'm not going to do the whole, like I started lemonade stands when I was six years old story. That's not the case. Okay. Um, but my dad was in landscaping um, and he's been very successful in landscaping. He's built multiple companies. Generally, I would say like real estate services. So I was the kid running around the office shooting over bands of employees from a very young age, um, not really realizing how special that experience was. I would say that most of some of the most formative experiences I've had from an entrepreneurial perspective were just the hours of driving around with my dad and hearing him coach, chew out, problem solve for his businesses. And I just, before speakerphone was cool, I was the kid on the back of speakerphone like really early not to make any noises or I'd get flapped in a very good fatherly way. Um, and so I just listened to hundreds of hours of business being conducted in that format. He ended up selling his landscaping business in the way magnets went into janitorial. And then as once, uh, again, probably 15 years ago, started another landscape company that's been very successful. Um, and so I went into business and chose finance. Uh, I was born and raised in Austin, watching him do that. And then went to A&M um Texas A and M and we and chose finance because I wanted a useful degree in business that wasn't accounting. And um when it came time to graduate, I was trying to figure out what to do next. And um I can go through this actual process if you're interested, but I threw a bunch of stuff on a big sticky note, not a whiteboard. It would have been cooler if it was a whiteboard, but it was a big, big <laughs> sticky note with some friends in it and somewhat of a mentor and um, chose to go into the Marine Corps um, post-college. And um, I called the recruiter shortly thereafter. Um, it was 100 degrees outside in Houston, 105 probably. And the guy said, hey, I think you should call an officer recruiter because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and ended up being an officer in the Marine Corps um, and if I, if I'm being honest, I look back on that, that portion of my life, um, I could give you good reasons as to why I wanted to do the Marine Corps and they were all good reasons. But one that I didn't understand about myself in that moment was that I was trying to run away from my dad's shadow and his success in Austin. Um, and because he's been extraordinarily, I mean, he's a great man, um, aside from just being really good at building things. 
So I got married the the week after our commissions. My young wife and I um, drove up to Virginia. Spent ultimately spent four years in the Marine Corps. Had an extraordinary experience. She actually wanted me to stay in, but I had had such a good experience that I knew I wasn't going to enjoy the next phase of the Marine Corps as much. Um, I got extraordinary leadership opportunities. Um, deployed once. Uh, did another big exercise over in the Middle East after that was in charge of a lot of people and a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have been in charge of. This was in the right place at the right time and somewhat competent. Um, by the end, very competent, but it took a long time to get there. And we decided to get out and we were trying to figure out what to do next with our lives. One to go back to Austin to be close to family. We had our first daughter. And I'm sorry I'm rambling so much here, but uh, I... <laughs> the my daughter said I was going to do an MBA or something like that. And my dad got a call from somebody saying, hey, you do landscaping things. We have this little landscaping company that's losing money. Do you want to buy it? And my dad called me and said, do you want to put your life savings into a company that is losing money? And I said, that sounds really fun. Let's do it. Um, and so we, we joined. At that point, I was uh, just a minority holder with a business partner who was already in the business. He is still here, and that's a really valuable thing. I'm happy to talk about partner relationships if you think it would be interesting. Um, but over time I've, I've bought in the major, I'm now in the majority of the business and, um, I'm not per se passionate about landscaping, despite the fact that it is a big part of my family's story. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is still very involved in landscaping in the commercial side. I'm on the residential side. Um, I am passionate about building things for human flourishing. And this is just the way that I get to do that. Um, and I'm grateful to have the experience and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. There's a bit of the story. I have, I have, uh, I guess a bigger part of the story is I've got four kids, beautiful wife. That's what I spend the rest of my time on when I'm not sitting at this office. Well, and that's probably the most important part of the story, right? (laughs) Is one of them. Wife and the kiddos. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear about the partnership. So your your partner was the original owner of the landscape company that you were you were buying and he decided to stay on or So the he was not the original owner. It's a little bit funky the situation. He, his friend had brought him in. His friend and mentor that owned the business had brought him in. Gotcha. And so my my partner Golden was essentially running the place. He was running the place for several years before I arrived, but didn't have ownership. So when we bought it we gave him ownership um, to be my partner. And that had kind of been the deal that Golden had had with the previous owner was that he would look out for him and that there'd be opportunity there. And I, I mean, looking back on it, it was kind of a weird forced marriage. We didn't know each other. We didn't know if our gifts overlapped. Um, I was just essentially a kid coming in to join him on just some rainy day. Right. And I'm like, wait, what's the role breakdown going to be? We don't know. And it worked so well. I mean, we, we've had a, plenty of fights, um, lots of fights, um, but uh, we are giftings overlapping. Well, don't overlap. They're, they're very complementary giftings um, from a, what we want to focus on in our natural leanings and systems. He's much more system oriented than I am. I'm much more relational and big picture than he is. Um, and so that has allowed us to have a thriving relationship and, and made us a lot more competitive, frankly, for what we can accomplish and what we can't. So looking back when you, when you took over the landscape company, well, you purchased it, 
What do you think the big factors were for why they weren't making money or why they weren't profitable, especially when they had somebody like him who was so focused on systems and new systems and knew how to run it? What was what was the issue, do you think? First of all, Golden is extraordinarily competent and, and smart. Um, I think that what you've experienced, I'd be curious what other people have experienced, is I, I've seen that there's this gap when you're starting up to transition, like that the black hole of business, whether it depends on the industry, but in landscaping, I'd say it's between one and two million, somewhere in there. That transition between making enough money to pay competent people to start doing all the roles versus doing them all yourself is a really hard transition or inflection point. And I, that's where we were at. And I was just in a life stage that I was really willing and ready and expected to just work really hard and not get paid very much. That was my expectation. He was already doing that. And so I think he had built a foundation already to really help him take off, but didn't have the ability to pull his head up out of the stands, uh, the daily operations mm-hmm. to start making the needed changes. The, the first thing I did was like, okay, let's figure out how to pay for yourself, Nolan. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through everything, found some savings from an expense perspective, but you're never going to save yourself out of a hole. You've got to build out of a hole. And so I went and did a mm-hmm. huge repricing project and made up more than half of my, what I was going to get paid that year, just in that product alone over the first couple of months. And we didn't, we retained a lot of customers because Golden had a good system in place to take care of customers and provide excellent service. We lost some people, but I mean, we were doing 20 or 30% increases on a lot of these maintenance stands. Um, and it worked, you know, so that's a reflection of the leadership he had before I was there. I just had the bandwidth all of a sudden to and the competency level from a financial perspective to really think through the problem and help us get there. And that gave us the traction we needed to start adding other services, which is something you can talk about if you're if you're interested and um, start building more uh, of a base of maintenance to add on the enhancements and add on. Um, more profitable service lines that stuff out of the hole. And now we're a healthy place. We're not in a place that I want to be. I, I know we can be a lot better than that, but that was seven years ago at this point, And we're three times bigger or more at this point, making money and serving a lot of people. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. So I was looking at it looked like you, you do grass and you do tell me, tell me about your services. And then I'm, I'm kind of curious um, because I know like with the tree industry, we've only got a couple down months a year. Like, and I don't even like to say down months. They're just, they can be slower. Now, last year, totally different. Our, we had no, no slow months because storms dictate things and stuff happens. And, you know, and so um, I, and I don't even like to use the word slow. It's just maybe not, not as crazy as some of the other months, you know, can be. And so I always think about like with landscaping or with um, grass that you guys are very seasonal. Is that true or are you year round or what do you do in the, what people would consider the off season? Um, if there is an off season, maybe there's not an off season. Uh, excellent question. There is definitely a seasonal business. My, my wife gives me a hard time because every year I'm like, oh, shit, it's crazy. It slowed down or it's crazy. Got that. Like, this is not crazy. This is how it always is going. So I don't really want to hear about it. I mean, I'm, I care about you, but right. it's as normal. Okay. It's a normal crazy. Right. Um, every year that I say, this is just a unique year. It's just wrong. Every year it's just unique in its own way. 
Um, sometimes it's world pandemics and sometimes it's ice storms. Um, so we, I'll give you our service lines and then how we handle seasonality. So our bread and butter is me. We mow every week or every other week, 1100 people's homes. And that's mm-hmm. only growing. And um, we just doubled our service area. So we have a lot of opportunity to grow in that. And then that, and that's what I, that's what I track. I mean, I track a lot of things, but that's the number that's easiest to understand. Um, because one of the things I love to do from a business perspective is sell. I love the marketing and sales side, specifically internal, not external. So I love to gain that base and then sell things to those people. So we already have their credit card in the system. They already trust us. And so we're trying to add additional services on top of that. Now, not everyone is, we're not only selling to those people that are on maintenance. Right. Um, we have a lot of, we have probably 4,000 customers we'll do work with this year. Um, but the, and that's probably more, I could say 2,500 to 3,000. Um, but a lot of them are just repeat customers that we already took care of your house. So we offer fertilization. We actually sub, sub that out. Uh, it's something that I'll probably bring in house eventually, but I have a great relationship with ourselves. We do a lot of um, bed can maintenance I, stuff. Can I stop? Can I stop you there with the yeah. how? Before you go on to the next services, how do you how do you sub that out? You you've teamed up with another company that offers that, and then you get a percentage of that, or what? How did? Just if you could elaborate on that, so we don't forget. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So. Um, we offer two services via our partners, Emerald Lawns, and they're actually a bigger company than us, a very successful company, but we've worked together for a long time since before I was even here. The one of the first things that did is go build that relationship with their owner. Um, he's a really good guy that loves Jesus and loves his employees. Uh, I love working with him, some of his team, a lot of his team, but I know a lot of his team pretty well. Um, so. Essentially, the easiest way to think about it is if a yard is going to be a hundred dollars for fertilization, let's say it's eight applications in a year, mm-hmm. Emerald will charge us eighty-five, and then we'll charge the customer a hundred. Now, honestly, we probably charge them one hundred five, something mm-hmm. like that, because um, there's a little bit of just like customers want to only deal with one provider, they want to only put their credit card in with us, they want to have one billing. Uh, they want a, one throat to choke, if you will. Um, and so we just volunteer to be that throat. Um, but this going back 500, four, uh, not 500, probably 450 realization customers with them when they're largest customer. Um, they've got a lot of customers who are their largest customer. Um, and all that, I mean, what it looks like is 20 or 30 invoices a day just come into our inbox and we take those invoices, put them into our system, process it, send it to the customer. It's very clear to the customer that it's being done by a different company, but all of their notes come through us and their invoicing and credit card billing comes through us. And so we make a, so um, depends on the law, not all of them are just a clean percentage, but we make a healthy margin on each one of those and, and just to dig a little bit deeper there, because you might find an interesting, you have to have, it depends on the size of customers, you have to have several hundred, call it 500 clients to fill one person's full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're about at that point. But the thing is, if I took that whole in-house, one, I got a good relationship with that team over there, and I trust them. 
Two is a whole other skill set that I don't know yet, and I don't have the licensing for. Three, if I bring it past, it's only one guy, I'm beholden to that guy. So it has to be an overpaid person, which means I'm probably not making that much better of a margin initially. And then if he gets grumpy and wants to leave or she, then I'm back to square one. So my my leaning is to either buy the company or some other smaller company that has some that built in or um, get big enough that I can have two people that will start doing this when I start taking it over. Again, that's not something that I'm even be scared of telling our partner company. It's a conversation we've had for years that at some point this is probably something I'm going to do. They just know that they need to keep me happy enough to keep me around and, um, oh, I guess our whole team. And, and yeah, I really appreciate them and they're very good with that. How, do, how does it work then if the people, if your customers know that they're going through you, but through another company, do you have any of them jump ship and go through the other company directly? Again, the pricing should be fairly similar. So it's not really a benefit for them to go to their company. Now there are times where we screw up in our favor mm-hmm. and we've driven 130 and they've been charged on because of some yeah. lip and square footage or something. In that case, we've had moments where they're like, hey, wait a minute. And we're like, oh, we messed up. But generally the company has, we have this policy where it's like, we don't poach each other's company, uh, customers. Right. If we call someone and they're like, Hey, or we, someone calls us for mowing and they're like, yeah, we like fertilization. We say, okay, do you use someone? They say, yes, we use this customer or this company. And, and, and we use Emerald. And then we'll say, oh, actually, like, who we part with, you shouldn't just stay direct with them. We're not going to take that relationship from them. And vice versa, if they come in, if Emerald comes in, it's, if a customer calls Emerald and says, hey, I want to quote this out, I'm like, actually, we already take care of your stuff via top choice and we don't want to take it direct. So we're not going to quote it. We screw that up sometimes, but for the most part, it works. I love that. And so then, so moving on to the other services, because I didn't want to cut you off on that, yeah. but said you do fertil- fertilization, I think was what you were leading into. Yeah. So a big, like you're a pie chart would look like about 50% maintenance, which includes beds and shrubs. We do a lot of that hourly, um, about 30 to 3% enhancements, which is like one-time jobs. That's anything from new turf, new sod. New, new trees up to a certain extent, new plants, bed adjustments, mulch, all that stuff. Um, and then we have about 8% irrigation and the remainder is fertilization and or other. We do some lights um, during the winter. So talking about seasonality and get to that question, we have some supplemental services that help with that. Holiday lights, we do several hundred thousand dollars of holiday lights every year. Um, as that's built, we've just got a rotating list of a hundred people, hundred plus people that we do every year. We send them, Hey, we're going to come back and do it this year. It's going to be a 5% increase. Give me a thumbs up when you go do it. They keep their own lights in their garage. So we sell them the product. We don't keep the product for them. We don't change the pricing. Some people have issues with that. So like if you're going to charge you a thousand dollars to do your front roof line or that front tree, you're going to own the lights. Make sure we're going to charge you the same amount. Um, so we just don't make as much money the first year. Some people are like, why would I do that? I should pay you a lot less. Okay, cool. Go somewhere else. Um, and that's not always the case. It's not always that kind of drive, but it is generally that way. Um, and then one unique thing we have, which can't be replicated by most companies is because of my dad's, um, role in a much larger commercial company, 
they have, and so that company has a ton of visa workers that go away. Like they have a hundred visa workers that will leave for the summer, either to Honduras or Mexico, or excuse me, the leap of the winter. And they have a heavy construction department. And so they still have a need for employees. And so what we'll do is we'll take about a quarter of our employee base, some years more, some years less, and we will lease them to that company. So our guys continue to get full hours. Um, and they have the ability to complete more work. And we just have an hourly rate that we agreed to that's fully loaded. Um, and that, that helps. It's not huge, but it definitely helps our team get more full-time work and there's some of course friction here with the relationship we've been doing it for long enough and i've actually got people that work here that have spent months working for them in various capacities through our leadership program which should be happy to discuss um that know them really well and it'll it smooths over some of the rough edges so we've been doing that for six years it's gotten pretty well defined it works really well for us and it helps us do that functionality well, and it's interesting because you had said at the beginning, you didn't, you know, you said in all honesty, I don't, I didn't really want to be in my dad's shadow, but now that you're in the landscape business and you look at the fact that he had all this experience, has that, I mean, I'm assuming that's been beneficial to you and, and in what ways has that helped, helped you, you know, and growing this and, you know, taking part in something you didn't really think you were going to do initially. So let me answer that two ways. I'll answer it tactically and uh, big picture mushy, whatever you want to call that. So um, tactically first, so actually my dad's first landscaping company was all my uncle. Uh, and after they, they sold their first company and they had to not compete, so they couldn't be in landscaping for five years or whatever it was. After that, they both ended up back in landscaping. Um, and, but they didn't do it together this time. They're still friends and they have a good relationship, but I don't just have my dad. I have my uncle too. So my uncle owns eight landscaping companies across the country. And it's, eight, it's eight or 80? Eight, not 80, but a lot, right? That's more than me. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so just has tremendous experience in the industry and knows all the people already. And just, and he, he's more operational than my dad. My dad understands operations really well, but my uncle is really like still in the, like, this is how much a truck should cost. This is how much a lawnmower should cost world. Um, and so I just have cheat codes. I had people I can call that can, that have done all the stupid stuff mm. 20 years ago. I mean, my, they were literally the first people to have zero turns in Texas. I mean, like they, they remember they were the, they went to a different state. They found these things that were weird. They brought them back. And so like, and that might be one of those slides that they tell me because they want to be cool, but I believe it. Um, well, so I, I'm tactically really blessed to have all this stuff, um, yeah. to have all this information and I can call my uncle and he's like, I don't know, but call John, here's his number and I'll just call his ops manager in Georgia and he'll be like, yeah, I like this thing more than that thing. Um, it's like having access to the like number one writer on each landscaping blog, right? Just that it's actually and that not just the writer, but the person that did the thing. Um, and that, that's just, so that gets me to the mushy stuff. The part of the reason why I had to run away to was to believe I could pre path. I think I did some of that in, in, in the ring court, did a thing that nobody in my family had really done and did it well. 
But coming back to landscaping, it was a big part of the first two years being in the landscaping industry to get over that. Um, I was the kid that came back and just is in this role only for the reason that my dad was, he found the deal. I had to borrow money from him and would pull it off. Um, and I eventually, and you know, I still struggle with this sometimes, but I eventually came to the point where I realized that if I genuinely believe that I saved my God's grace mm. and not in anything that I've done on my own, then that, that is accepting gifts from the positioning my dad put me here is not any, it's a much smaller deal. And all I can do is play the cards I've been getting. And I had so much opportunity to bring people into um, positions and opportunities that they wouldn't have had had I not been around and had the opportunities I had. And I, that's why one of the many favorite things of this job is seeing those people that wouldn't have had the wherewithal or the financial access or the connections that I've just been born with for better or worse, uh, pa passing those along and enabling their, their innate abilities to accomplish what they really have the ability to accomplish. So does that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so no, no regrets then, um, that you went into landscaping. No, no, I love it. I liked people a lot. I liked the tactile nature of the industry. Um, I, I really like, I like people. And so I like the customers. Um, generally I deal with the most grumpy of them now at this point, but when I get out there and get to talk to customers and see things, be happy with our service, that's really fun for me. Um, I really like the marketing side of our business. I, I write a lot of goofy emails. I put funny stuff, what I consider fun stuff at the end of all of our internal blogs and emails that are, uh, uh just get to be the voice of the business and the personality of the business just kind of spare and set a culture in that direction. And. That's really fun. That's not near as fun as just like, I mean, the people are amazing. Like the, the one that comes to mind just cause he came back yesterday is we have this guy named Simone, who's a legend and I'll tell you some stories about him if you want to hear him, but he's 68, I believe, and still mows the lawns with the best of them. So whenever I see a 24 year old struggling up there, like, dude, you look at Simone, he's literally over twice your age and he can still kick your ass. Um, but he just kind of waddles around and just never slows down and just calls BS on everyone that's doing bad work. But he lives in Mexico for the winter and comes back in the summer and has worked here forever since I've been here. But he just got citizenship last year. Love that. I don't know why. I, I love it. I don't know why. I mean, he's had his green card. I, just to say he did. Um, his picture in front of the um, citizenship office. I should know what that's called. Is just the most hilarious, like blank face. Nothing. I just absolutely stone cold. No, even though no. I know he'd been no emotion. No emotion. And then I'll tell you one more story that just because it's funny, but yeah, he was doing weeding in a yard. I don't know, it's had to be three years ago. And he got bit on the hand by a copperhead. Uh, oh. Big deal. Had to go to the hospital. I had to spend the night. And he was just mostly frustrated because he had never spent. I don't know if he'd ever gone to a doctor, let alone the hospital in his whole life at this point. Again, he's 65 at this point. And he was just pissed. One month later, same hand, different copperhead, different hospital. He was furious. He's totally fine. But just the, you think, I mean, 
it's just a great story. They can, they, he's totally in a great spot, but he just, it's just chews people out now for not wearing their gloves. It gives them his story and right. he's the best. Well, and I noticed, I noticed on your website, um, I think it was on your website that it said customer service company that happens to provide lawn care, which means you just a hundred percent focus on customer service and the lawn care is kind of a, a byproduct really. That's the thing. No, it's, um, service. I view service as both internal and external. So that, that line is clearly external, right? Like we, we want to be someone that serves the end customer. We also want to be a kind of employees that serve each other internally. And that's tactical about like stepping into each other's lanes a little bit every once in a while, um, when appropriate, recognizing when you're doing that, but helping each other do their job. There's always that gray space between hands and we want one person to be able to step into the other person's role and vice versa to make that a very smooth transition. And the one of our four core values that I preach is service. Um, and I think that we reflect that in the way that we interact with customers. Well, you've given me some real ideas just with trees because we get calls all the time for, especially in the summer for grass, for fertilization. And it's like, nope, that's out of our lane. Same thing like what you were saying. It's different licensings. It's different trucks. It's different. I mean, it's it's a whole it's a whole different business and a lot in a lot of avenues of what people are asking for. But I love your marketing idea of teaming up with someone. Now, the important thing would be to be teaming up with a company that you could trust and that you could work closely with. Um, but it could be a back and forth. Have you guys ever thought about teaming up with a tree company? Because you probably get requests for tree trimmings and things like that. Um, do you ever? Yeah. So we, we, uh, I have, and I've had multiple of those sit downs. It's one hard to find a team, a team on trust. What's that point? Mm-hmm. The amount of work that we would have to produce to create that depth of relationship is, is difficult. It's not something I shouldn't pursue. But what I should also say is we do a lot of work. We just all climb. So we don't okay. consider, we have an arborist on staff, but she's very much a self study. She's not, she's not a master arborist at all. She wanted to get that licensing. So I paid for it and she went and got it and it's a valuable thing to have. But we basically will touch everything that we can reach with a ladder and a pole saw, which is most of it. Yeah. We will do mostly maintenance, but we're not going to do canopy thinning and stuff like that. Right. But there is some serious, uh, especially, I and mean, I don't know why you would notice, but Austin had this weird freak storm this year in February where the Breeze point. I don't even know how it happened, but just we call it Arbor Dead. I mean, trees, it, it was the most damage that we've seen on trees in the 35 years my dad's working landscaping in Austin. It just, everything is broken. And it was really sad to watch. And there's still, I mean, months later, piles of debris on the side of the roads everywhere. Um, they had to bring in just massive trucks all over the city to come and take care of this stuff. And we've taken like, they've been over parks with these like buildings high piles of mulching because they had to go deal with it. And so, um, there was a ton of opportunity this year and we definitely had some skills that we need to add, whether or not, whether we bring those in internally or we partner with someone as something that we need to continue to explore. And I don't know what the right answer is going to be, uh, whether we bring out a new brand you guys are offer or we try to figure that ourselves. I, I, what is scary about it? 
that to me is, I don't have the expertise. One thing y'all offer is the expertise. That's a really valuable thing. It's something that's definitely worth paying for and partnering. How do I make that integrated into our current system? I don't know. Something I haven't really thought through. It's let's just say it's not one of the top 100 buyers I'm dealing with today. I totally get it. And, and I mean, it's, it's kind of that, it's that vision, right? So you look, cause we're, we're always looking for ways to, um, you know, we want to help people and we want to, we want to give them the things that they want. Like one of the things that we've been getting a lot of requests for lately is mulch delivery. People just want mulch delivery. Like we have one family right now that they will take all the mulch we will give them. And we're just like, oh my goodness. I said to Dan the other day, I said, what are they doing with all this? <laughs> he said, they're literally covering their yard. And I said, well, they must be because we've dumped like 10 truckloads there already. Like I can't, I can't imagine they need much more mulch, but there's a need for that. And for some people, some people use it for flower beds, some people use it for other things. And so we're trying to bring on things like that where, you know, we can help people, but, um, you know, there's some rules to that too, like understanding that you might yeah. get a truckload and you're not just going to get two, you know, two wheelbarrows full. If we're dumping a chip truck full of mulch, you know, it comes out quick, <laughs> like yeah. you might get the whole driveway full. Um, so different things like that. But I love, I love the fact that you've, um, not taken like with the things that you don't offer and said, well, sorry, we just, we just don't offer that. And I don't have anyone to refer you to you. I love the fact that you've teamed up with somebody that you guys can partner with each other and refer things back and forth. And I think that's amazing. But again, like you said, the key is finding someone that, um, you trust and someone that, you can work well with that where you can have that good working relationship with. So I, I love that. You're giving me some ideas. I would love to hear more about your marketing, but I know um, we were going to try to kind of keep this short. So I don't know how much more time you have, but if That's we want to read on that, I would love to hear about your mark. Your, you, Cause you said you focus on internal marketing, not so much like online or that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'd love, I'd love to talk about our leadership debt program to you. Um, yeah. Please do. That I'm really proud of. Um, but I'll touch on marketing stuff for just cause it's, it makes me happy. Um, I think you need to understand the personality of your brand. That's a totally different thing from, I mean, like if you're, uh, and a medical billing company, you don't want to be too joking around. It's just too serious. Right. And landscaping, we, in residential landscaping, we're, we're not the very top tier. We're not serving big, full install white club service customers. We're right below that. Um, and so where we're at in the market, I find it acceptable to have a real personality and to really focus on having fun. Um, and it's also kind of a reflection of my, my personality. And so what I do is I'm convinced that at least 40% of people that open our marketing emails are just looking at the funny memes and gifts at the end of the emails. I just put it at everything, um, to goose our, our open rates. And also as a statement to customers about the personality of our business. One thing that's often underlooked is, um, that those kinds of actions are also a very important statement to employees and the future employees. So. The same thing happened with reviews. We've got the most reviews in town and the highest rating in town. The number of times I've had conversations with potential employees that are interested in working for us 
or really want to work for us because they know that we do excellent work and have an excellent reputation. Winners want to work with winners. Mm-hmm. People that provide excellent service want to work with teams that they know provide excellent service. Uh, and so that's, that's a very under, under a misunderstood portion of why it's so important to go and get those reviews in the same way. I mean, we, I put on uh, big Alton's yard signs. So I'm that bad guy that puts yard signs in the corners of your HR that you hate. Um, but I made them like the Leonardo DiCaprio, um, mean, and it's like, didn't choose top twist lawn care. What mistake? And then our phone number. And then I did the, like, you know, like the side out of like monkey thing. That's like, look inside. Like mm-hmm. I said, honey, did you call the landscaping company? And it's like top twist lawn care, whatever. And then like a skeleton, like your lawn dead and chill up, call us, those kind of things. Right. Of course we still have care calling us and pissed that we put something on the side of her HOA. Sure. But we have a lot of people that think it's funny. And secondly, again, our employees think it's funny. Like they just appreciate working for a place where they can lie. Um, so I could go more into that stuff. That's honestly one of my favorite things. I mean, it's just not that important part of my job, but like the fact that I get to spend 15 minutes a week looking at funny memes, it was just a joy. I'm sitting in my little laundry room with an office over there giggling. Um, it's fun. Um, and so I enjoy it as part of it, but let me tell you a little bit more about our leadership program. And I, I, this is one of the things that I hope that your community latches on to, because it means a lot to me. This is one of the things I'm personally passionate about, um, which I've talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, 2020 rolled around and we knew a lot of really competent college graduates were not going to get jobs because the world shut down. And so my dad and I were on the phone saying, let's take advantage of this thing and find some of these guys and gals that would normally go take iBanking jobs or Fortune 100 jobs and see if we can convince them to come do landscaping. So we, we got a cohort of four businesses at that point. There's still four, it's just different four at this point, but to, to combine, we hired a girl. It was amazing to go and recruit these people, see what we can figure out. And it worked. We finally found five people that first year. We were, we're on our fourth cohort and we're hiring for a fourth cohort at this point. And we're finding people that are coming out of college that are D1 athletes, like Olympic level D1 athletes in some cases, um, that will come and work for us. And what does that look like practically? Because it's a lot of work to figure out how to do these kind of rotational programs. Practically, a lot of it is doing the work. And we don't, we don't shy away from telling them that and doing it. So I get, I mean, I had a guy that has a master's in law, Northwestern, tell him about lawns for months. And then he came and my estimator got hurt. And I knew he, I knew Joe was competent and not going to make me look stupid, even though I didn't know what landscaping was. And I just put him in front of, I was like, you got to fill this hole. Just go out there and meet with customers. So for the, when the world is working correctly, these people come into the organizations, they spend three months at each one of our companies or three of the four companies. They start at the very bottom and work through the organization. They have to add value. Otherwise they can't mm-hmm. pay for this program. One day a week in the afternoons, they have meetings for leadership development with speakers, with practical lessons. It's things like, um, they had a, a meeting with the operations manager of our company yesterday. 
And they talked to them about what life, what does life look like as an operations manager? And then they sat down with the HR head of another company. What does an HR director do? And they sat down with the sales guy over here. What does a sales guy do? What kind of personalities generally fit in these? Then they have Excel courses and strengths quest courses and accounting courses. And they read 25 books in the year and we have book discussions and we have to write on it. And we have speakers from around the community that are involved in various things that you're just not going to spend a year having deep conversations about 25 books and working hard. That's not valuable. Um, and we've ended up hiring the majority of these people into these businesses. We have a free for all hiring process at the end. Whoever wants to hire new can offer whatever they want. And that's a good thing for everybody involved. Uh, again, my company is about five and a half million and my dad's is a hundred. So I can't compete with them or a resource perspective, but it's different things. Like different people want different things. I can provide more personal mentorship from the owner of the company than maybe you can. Right. If you want to be in home services, maybe you should be here, but if you want to be in large construction and you should be there. Um, I'm talking about relationships now, our fertilization company is one of those partners. That's just deep in the relationship that we have with them that we can, we literally have people that worked in all of these companies at some point and they can call friends that they have from the experience that they've done. They, they can have conversations about the actual work. Um, and most importantly, we've developed this really unique, powerful community that of people that have shared experience. We make them write their own eulogies at the end of the year. Um, they, we make them read it aloud to each other in a graveyard or a cemetery, which is super fun and weird and feels funny. Um, what I'm looking forward to is 10 years from now when we have a hundred people that have gone through this time and seeing them all interact at many layers of life. Um, and, and seeing what that becomes. So if it, if it keeps going, I'll be really happy. If it doesn't, so be it. So far it's working. Um, and I, and not everyone's going to have four businesses that they can go connect to do this kind of thing, but you should be doing more of this kind of thing internally to attract young people. It's really not that heavy of a lift to have them read books and give them writing prompts and give them feedback. That's a simple start. Well, and that was something Dan and I were actually talking about. Something similar was like an apprenticeship program of some sort where you're helping, um, you know, young people see that there's there's another avenue other than just going to college and trying to, you know, apply for, you know, um, a white collar job, you know, sitting behind a desk in a cubicle, you know, because maybe maybe at some point they could go out and start their own business, even if it's not in trees, it might be in something yeah. else. You know, it might might be in landscaping or it might be in construction or, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, I, and, I, and I'll add to that. I think a really important thing when you're trying to recruit, it depends on who you're trying to recruit and what you're trying to recruit for, is to broaden it. Because if it was just me trying to recruit people interested in landscaping, right. that's a much smaller group. But if I just go out there and I speak to college kids often, go, we have these job ads out and just say, this is about business. It just happened to the same one. This just happens to be in the green industry. Mm-hmm. It, but the same thing, we all have sales and marketing. We all have finance, accounting, or admin, admin. We all have operations. I don't care if you're in insurance or the green industry or whatever. Your ability to learn how to communicate with people, understand the product, sell things, execute the thing, be a kind of person that can do that's going to do 100% of what you say you're going to do, answer the phone, deal with the frustrated client, hire people, all of that stuff. You have to do it in scale, except if you're going to go work for some big company, 
Mm-hmm. You're not you're gonna do one thing. You can work here, you're gonna do one hundred and one things. And you're gonna be able to figure out it's not even about figuring out which one thing you wanna do, it's about crossing out twenty things that you don't wanna do. Right. Because then you've narrowed the scope at twenty four. And then hopefully by twenty six you've narrowed it more. And maybe by forty you've all figured out what you wanna do. But I haven't figured out what I want to do yet. Right. Maybe I'll get Right. Well, and I think too, when you're looking at leaders, right? So people are trying to hire leaders for their company. They need to be able to know every facet of it because a a good leader is willing to get in the trenches with everybody and, and do, and do the job that everybody else is doing. So even if they're going to look at just moving themselves up the company ladder, however you want to, you know, describe that and move to different positions, they need to know what the people at the entry level positions are doing and be willing to jump in and and know how to do that job appropriately. Um, I completely, I completely agree, and I'll add to that by saying I'm I'm convinced at this point, self-imposed or systematic education. I think that at least half of it is just so you can call BS on someone that doesn't know what they're doing, and or recognize someone that really does. Right. So just exposing yourself across the board to realize, oh, I am not a sales and marketing person, but I now know what a good one looks like. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right? Like because how many phone calls do you get a day? Or emails are in your inbox about someone telling you that they're going to be able to give you all the hiring or all of the leads you could ever deal with. And like, I just don't believe you. And the one how I don't, and how I know I don't believe it's I'm actually pretty good at this now. And I know that you're, what you're telling me is not realistic. So just stop. I'm not going to waste my time there. No, for sure. Completely. Yeah. Wow. I have so enjoyed our conversation. Um, you, you guys are doing some great things out there. Um, as we close, is there anything on the horizon? Um, it sounds like this is something that you guys are really working on as the leadership program. Um, is there anything else that you guys have in the works that you want to share or? We're going to be around doing the same thing and also for the next X number of decades. Um, I don't expect to go anywhere, whether or not I'm the one that's running it today, or we find someone that's better than me. Um, I will welcome that. Um, so if that's you, come find me. And not because I'm going to sell the business, but because I want to enable you to do this thing. Um, I just, I, I believe really strongly in small business. And then it's a really, really powerful, good thing for our communities and for the individuals, a part of them. Um, I don't have anything else fun and sexy to talk about, except for we're just going to keep cutting grass and trimming some trees and hopefully finding partners that can do really excellent tree service like you guys. And uh, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, I hope we can stay in touch. Absolutely. And where can people find you if they're looking to chat with you or looking to look into your business? Well, you topchoiceaustin.com. Leave us a five-star review uh, on Google. Um, and just say like mediocre leadership, five stars. I'll do it. It'll be, that'll be fine. Um, and then, uh, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I spent a, a fair amount. I actually just started on Twitter this, this year, but I've had a lot of fun meeting people on there. So leadership, a cab one is what my thing is for just Nolan Gore, the S and B leadership guy. And I'm having a lot of fun putting out stuff about our program, just resources from our program and thoughts from our program. Um, that are that seems like c- catching some people's ears. We'll see. I'm gonna have to check you out. I am not on Twitter, but I might have to get on Twitter just to to check out what you got going. You have my you have my phone. You can just text me, but those people they can DM me. <laughs> 
Well, I'd still like to see what you're posting on there. So um, anyways, well, thanks everyone for watching today and um, we will catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Nolan. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today. Michelle's hope is that this podcast inspires you to continue to press forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. You can find short video clips of the best moments from the episode at chosenbusinessowner.com and on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Keep pressing on, chosen business owners.